I'm Meg Dahl, your Unbreakable host. Welcome to the show. And welcome back to a brand new episode of the Unbreakable You podcast. I'm so excited to have you join me back here again this week. This week is kind of like extra special because you are going to get a double dose of Meg this week. (laughs) So I have my friend Meg McCabe on with me this week to chat about how to stay motivated, how to stay consistent throughout eating disorder recovery. Now, my friend Meg is a certified eating disorder recovery coach, and I just love her to bits. And she's sharing her top tips with us this week to help you stay motivated throughout recovery, like I said. And I really love this topic. This isn't actually anything that we've talked um, in depth about on the podcast yet. So I'm really excited to dive into this chat with Meg today. You're really going to love it, honestly. Meg and I just actually recently met but before we started recording this episode I told her that I just feel like I've met her before so I'm gonna roll with that maybe Meg and I had you know friendship in a past life or something like that that's what I'm going to stick with and roll with here but you're just going to absolutely love Meg um, just as I do. She's a soul sister of mine and we have all of her links linked up for you in the show notes. So she's an amazing follow over on Instagram and she also has these really cool um, support calls like it's lunch warriors. I think that's so great. So you'll have to listen to the episode to learn more about that, but that will be a really great resource for you if you're currently going through eating disorder recovery and need some extra support while you're, you know, kind of tackling your meals and whatnot. So definitely check out the show notes for all of Meg's resources. And I also have um, my 28-day inner child healing journey linked up for you in the show notes as well. That is a free 28-day program I am offering all of you. So please join me if you want to take a deeper dive into your self-healing journey and really start working with your inner child. Now, inner child healing is going to be foundational for you and your self-healing journey. So please, please join me inside the 28-Day Inner Child Healing Journey. We even have like a private Facebook group and everything 
you'll get emails delivered from me to you every Sunday for four weeks. Um, You get four assignments. So I'm really loving this program that I put together for you. And I'm getting a lot of really great feedback from it as well. The ladies moving through this journey are really, really loving it and experiencing such um, incredible inner transformation. And I'm just really excited about it. So if you're not yet part of our 28-day inner child healing journey, just check out the show notes and I have it linked there for you so you can subscribe to that for free. And then finally, I just want to do a little bit of a mini celebration. I am starting, I am officially starting my brand new coaching program today. So I just launched a small group coaching program. This is the beta round and I have three absolutely incredible women who have said yes to themselves and joined me for my group coaching program called Back Home to You. And we kick off this evening. We have our very first call today in the afternoon and I am so excited. It's going to be such a juicy eight weeks together diving into ourselves and supporting each other through self-healing and I'm so excited to be their guide. Remember, um, I'm just here to hold space for you and offer you tools so you can be your own self-healer. That's what it's all about and that's exactly what I offer you inside this program called Back Home to You. So if you're interested in being a future student of Back Home to You, then I have a link in the show notes as well for Back Home to You waitlist. So check that out. Get your name on the waitlist. And I'm so excited to kick everything off today officially July 15th. It's go time. So a special shout out to my girls who are in that program right now. I can't wait to meet with you this evening. And now let's cut over to the chat that I had with Meg McCabe. She's absolutely amazing. And we'll see you all next week. Hey, Meg, welcome to the show. I'm so excited to have another Meg on this week. (laughs) Hey, Meg, thank you so much for having me. I think your name is awesome, by the way. Thanks, girl. Yeah, I I really do like the name Meg. Um, But I honestly, I'm trying to think back. So this is episode 120. And I don't think I've ever had another Meg on the show. Wow, it's crazy. It's crazy because it's a popular name. Girl, do I even need to? Okay, let me just tell you this because I don't even think my listeners know. My parents named me Megan because they thought it was a really unpopular name and they didn't want to name me something super popular, right? So they named me Megan. 
I graduated high school with five Megans. <laughs> there was it was the most popular name in like 1991. <laughs> you know that's so funny. First of all, we're born the same year. Stop it. Yes, when's your birthday? June twentieth. Okay, I'm January 9th. <gasps> wow. Yes, another Meg from ninety one. Stop hey. it. That's so wild. Okay. Yeah, very cool and happy yeah. belated birthday, by the way. Aw, thanks, girl. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. So cool. So I want to get to know you even more throughout this episode. And I know all of my listeners are really, really excited to get to know you. Um, My podcast about like eating disorders and disordered eating and all the, you know, connecting topics are the most listened to. So before we dive into our topic today, why don't you introduce yourself and tell us a little bit more about you? Okay, sounds good. Okay, so I'm Meg McCabe. I am a certified eating disorder recovery coach, which is extremely niched, as I was telling Meg before. Um, I'm also a certified life coach, which um, I definitely do mostly pretty much all eating disorder stuff now. Um, but I'm from Connecticut and I live in Denver now. I, let's see, what else do you want to know about me? I love hiking, camping. I'm also a huge music person. Love dancing. Dancing is my favorite thing. Um, I'm also really big into spirituality and all the cool stuff related to that. So that's kind of me in a nutshell, but I could just expand i'm also okay this is the obvious i'm recovered from an eating disorder (laughs) there we go (laughs) um i'm recovered from an eating disorder i had my eating disorder probably um through high school and into college uh recovered um through therapy and working with a dietitian i had anorexia that kind of evolved into a chaotic binge purge subtype so Um, It took me probably a few years, maybe three years to fully recover, um, just working on minimizing behaviors and uh, reconnecting with my body and changing my body image so that it's like a good one. And I've been recovered for, I would say, I mean, it's debatable, but between six to eight years, I would say. That's amazing. I'm so proud of you. And I was kind of waiting for that part of the story because most of us who are in the eating disorder recovery type of field, as far as like coaching other women or men to overcome their eating disorders, most often it's because we have dealt with our own in the past. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes, I think it's one of those things where you want to eventually turn in to the person you needed when you were younger. You know, it's that hero's journey where um, you feel inspired to help those who are struggling with that thing that you were able to actually conquer. Yeah. And also, I think it's really important because when I was going through eating disorder recovery, like, you know, you start working with psychologists or social workers or dietitians, you know, just a whole team of people. And 
if they don't really understand eating disorders, it's really, really obvious. And it's kind of hard to connect to those people. At least that's what I found. I found the same exact thing. Um, It's still hard going to therapy for my other stuff and explaining my past and then having dietitian, I mean, having therapists talk about um, maybe healthy diets and exercise and things like that. And I'm like, you know my past, but okay, I'll protect myself right now and not engage in this conversation. But it is so glaringly obvious when people aren't specialists in the field. Mm-hmm. It's um, pretty sad, but the thing is, it's so important for people to find those providers that are certified eating disorder specialists or haze informed health at every size, just because um, there's such a fine line between eating disorders and diet culture, it can get super blurred. Yeah. So when did you become certified in eating disorders specifically? Good question. So my coaching journey started about five years ago and then about two years into it, I was realizing that I kept leaning on my recovery experience to help my clients. So whenever I would go to events and talk about my story, my eating disorder recovery was so integrated into those talks. And I found that that was what was really resonating with people. Mm -hmm. And I had a moment probably when I was 25 and I'm 29 now. So when I was 25, um, I was tempted to do a behavior and relapse just because I had a very triggering situation. And instead of falling into that, I reached out to help. Like I literally texted my mom in that moment, which by the way, I never did that during my original recovery. (laughs) Um, reached out to my mom, I immediately stopped myself. And I think it was in that moment when I was about to engage in behavior, I realized I can't fall into this because this is what I want to help people with. Mm. And this is what I want to do with my career. So why would I spiral back into that? And so I really like stuck a stick. What is it? Like I just claimed it. And um, from then on, I decided to take the certification through the Carolyn Coston Institute, which is an amazing place to be certified in eating disorder recovery coaching. Everyone always asks me where I get certified, so that's where I did. And um, I've been, it took me forever to get through that training. I'm telling you, it's so tedious. It felt like a, some sort of grad program, um, but it was really helpful. And I've been doing eating disorder recovery coaching for about three years now. That's amazing. Amazing work. And our topic today is something obviously that is going to help our listeners if they are moving through eating disorder recovery and kind of like falling in and out of feeling really motivated throughout recovery and Before you and I jumped on our recording, I actually hopped on Instagram, just letting everyone know that I was going to be talking to you today. And then something came up while I was talking. I was like, wow, this actually makes a lot of sense. But I think I struggled with really, truly like overcoming an eating disorder for so many years because 
it's really hard to be so consistent with recovery. Like you lose motivation and you just kind of like flip flop back and forth from really wanting to do this and then just getting burnt out because it is it's a journey. It's a lot of work. And I just think the topic we are going to be covering today is so important. I completely agree. And I think if there's one thing recovery has the potential to teach the listeners today is how to not burn out and how to stay motivated. I think I really learned how to protect myself from burnout and overwhelm throughout the recovery process. Awesome. So where are we going to start with this? Like what would be kind of like a step for us to take first to keep our motivation and keep consistent throughout recovery? Okay. The first thing I do with everyone I talk to, so session number one is thinking about the vision of what you want your life to be like when you're recovered. It's so simple, but really asking yourself, who do I want to be without my eating disorder? And that can be a really scary question to ask if you've had your eating disorder for years or even decades, but it's something you want to start thinking about and bringing that vision closer and closer to you. So I, I always have everyone get very clear on who they want to be and why the why is important too. Why do they want to recover? The reasons you want to recover are so important. And whenever you fall into that low or that lack of motivation, look at your reasons why and um, create your vision based off of those reasons. Mm -hmm. So I highly recommend sitting in a meditation and stepping into that future version of you and your brain won't know that that's not you now it's going to think that's really happening to you so sit in 10 minutes put on some nice music drink a warm beverage like coffee or tea I always do it in the morning so I'm having coffee um and I do this for myself too not in a recovery way because I am recovered but in a life goals way Mm -hmm. so get that vision really clear sit down meditate on it and then if you're a super motivated person which I do believe a lot of people want to boost their motivation as much as possible write out your recovery affirmations um I don't know. Have you, are you into affirmations? Do you know much about them? <laughs> oh, big time. I love affirmations for sure. It's actually, um, I have girls going through a inner child healing program right now. And part of their third assignment is creating affirmations for themselves because I think it's just such a powerful practice for sure. Yes, I am a huge affirmations nerd. I actually have a recording, which I'll send to you. It's on my website, 200 Recovery Affirmations. That's amazing. Everyone can listen to those. But I also recommend that if you are aware of your goals and what you want, who you want to be, write out affirmations personally for yourself, Mm -hmm. which I know you have your um, inner child students do. So write out your affirmations about recovery and this could be in a state of recovering or write them in a state that you're fully recovered whatever feels 
more helpful for you. So for instance, you might want to say, I am, instead of saying, I accept my body as it is today, it might be easier for you to say, I am learning to accept my body every day. Mm -hmm. So think about how you want to phrase it because language is so important. And when you write out your affirmations, I want you to record those on your notes, like recorder on your phone, if you have one, and then during your morning meditation, listen to those affirmations. And I promise you, it's going to be your mental protection for the day and it will keep you motivated and kind of relieve that. Not always, I can't guarantee it, but for me, it relieves a sense of anxiety or sadness or whatever I might wake up with. It just helps me start the day so much stronger than I otherwise would have. Yeah, definitely. And I've definitely have done the future self type of meditation for so many different points throughout my life. And it has been so transformational. So I really love how you've integrated this into like eating disorder recovery. Mm-hmm. I I think it's key, really. And it's really fun, too. Like when you get when you finally calm your brain down and you step into that future version of you who's recovered and feels free with food and loves her body, it's going to be a place you almost don't want to leave. Like you're going to get out of your meditation and be like, that was awesome. I can't wait for tomorrow when I do that again. Yeah. You really start embodying it. And that's the whole point of doing this. So you can visualize it and then just move throughout your day as if that was really you. Absolutely agree. It really is super exciting. And the more you do it, the more you start to believe it's possible. Mm-hmm. So, so do you have any favorite affirmations? Now, when it comes to affirmations, I really do think it's so important for the woman herself to like create her own that feel and resonate so deeply with her. But did you have any favorites throughout recovery? Good question. It was so long ago. I feel like I was so out of it during my recovery process. My recovery process was not conscious. I just, I feel like I was just opening the doors and like seeing what worked and which one I could go through and which one was locked. Like I was so out of it that I don't even know if I knew what affirmations were. I kid you not. Um, but for me, (sighs) affirmations I love are those beginner stage ones where you are wrapping your head around the, the concepts. So, um, let me think of a good one. I can make some up right now, but really it's like I am I am open to the idea that my eating disorder no longer serves me. Ooh, that's really good. Yeah, just yeah. those ones where it's like the next step forward, I really love because that's the realistic step. Because mm-hmm. if you're like, you know, I am fully recovered and free. Like, yes, you can hear those and believe it, but sometimes it just causes an inner tension where you're like, no, though, that's not, that doesn't even feel possible. So saying to yourself, I know the potential to recover is for me. Mm -hmm. Things like that. that Yeah. um, 
helpful in that way. I wish I knew what I used to say to myself when I was recovering. Do you want to know what helped me a lot? Thinking about my set point. That was like just accepting that my body wasn't the that skinny ideal I was striving for. I did not know what a set point was. I said it was my biological realm. <laughs> I was like, I I can tell that my body doesn't want to live in this small space. Mm-hmm. It was out of my biological realm. And what I was referring to was set point and I had no right. idea. But once I accepted that and kind of remembered that, like my my body knows it doesn't want to be here. I could feel that wisdom Mm -hmm. that really helped me get to the place of being okay with leaving that body size. I really like that for sure. Yeah. Gosh, so much of eating disorder recovery is so rooted in like moving past like the body that we're in and being okay to, you know, step into this next version of ourselves. Absolutely. It is. That's, it's a gentle process. You know, you slowly wake up to a new standard for your body, for the way you interact with food and the way you treat yourself. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I know you have a lot of different suggestions and strategies to help women be consistent and move through their recovery process. So once they start connecting with that future version of themselves, create their affirmations, what would you say the next step for them would be? So the next step, I have a few steps and you can take these any any order you want. Mm-hmm. But one that's really important is just filling your brain with pro-recovery content. So seeking out podcasts like the unbreakable you podcast seeking out books um different youtube youtube influencers youtube influencers are amazing and i think it's a small pocket of the world that once you discover that there's this whole tribe of people who are supportive of recovery you fill your brain with that information it's just so motivating and inspiring because they're going to offer new perspectives they're going to give you new tools they're going to just help keep that motivation going because all that motivation requires is a little bit of fuel you know it's like once you spark the fire again it helps you go. It helps you keep going forward. Totally. And I love this suggestion so much, but I do want to kind of bring something up and I'd love to hear your kind of take on this. So I think it's so beneficial. Let's say you hop on YouTube and you find someone that is several steps ahead of you. Maybe it is like a eating disorder recovery coach that is specifically there like yourself to get to that fully recovered version of yourself, right? So that would be someone I would say definitely seek out their information like you you have a podcast your podcast would be awesome to be listening to throughout recovery but then there's other like youtube channels and stuff and what i would caution people moving through recovery to like kind of you know be cautious of 
is watching channels that are vibing at like that same frequency as they're at right now. Because if you're watching someone that's also really struggling and you know, they're at that same frequency as you are, you can actually get kind of stuck at that level and not help yourself get to that next step in recovery. You know, I'm so glad you brought that up because I always say social media can be a recovery hindrance or it can be a recovery tool. And you have to really be smart on how you take in this content and the content you decide to absorb and what I think people should do to just prevent that from happening is really educate themselves on diet culture and also eating disorders so you can sniff out the people who are triggering to you and the people who might not be totally free from that diet mindset you know there are a lot of body positive influencers who skew the term and it can be really triggering because even though they're body positive, they are also trying to change their body and they're trying to diet. And um, you really have to be discerning in who you decide to follow. So I'm so glad you brought that up. Yeah. And I think it's really easy to kind of like identify or sniff out who's triggering you. I know for me, when I was like moving through those many years of recovery, it was just very obvious who was triggering to me because, you know, I'd be having good days and then maybe I, you know, scrolled past someone's feed or went down the rabbit hole of scrolling through all of their Instagram posts. And then you just feel so much lower vibe and maybe you're struggling with body image a little bit more that day. And maybe you're struggling with like your food choices a little bit more that day. And I just wanted to kind of point that out for everyone that if a person or an account does that for you it's really time to completely eliminate that (laughs) I completely agree it is it's you know within yourself if it's triggering right you're going to feel uncomfortable looking at their profile and if they start those negative thoughts in your head if those start spinning around in your head that's a really good sign that you should unfollow those people. And it is really sad that, um, well, it's great that we have this world where everyone can share what they're going through and share their opinions, but it's also really hard when it's hard to tell who is recovered, who's kind of quasi recovery. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because there definitely is a lot of that out in the Instagram and YouTube Mm -hmm. space for sure. And also just a note on of unfollowing. It's super easy to just mute people now. You know, it's so great because if unfollowing someone is scary to you or maybe they're like a close family member that's triggering you and you don't want to go ahead and actually like officially unfollow them, I would suggest muting them. That's a really good suggestion. And I completely agree. And I do think away from the influencer space, because it can be a little confusing and layered and complex. 
follow therapists and dietitians and make sure they're eating disorder specific and go to the National Eating Disorder Association website and look up their ambassadors and follow those people and then see who they're following and then follow the people they're following and then you'll find the right space to be in. Mm -hmm. I love that suggestion too. So important. Yeah. Did you have Instagram when you were going through recovery? No, thank the Lord. Oh my gosh. I would have been 10 times. It would have been like more difficult. My, I have a twin sister and we both had our issues with food and she was like, if we had Instagram, it would have been the worst. Wow. <laughs> um, but the thing is though, there is so much more content to help people on Instagram too. You yeah. just have to find it. So I didn't have it. I was into fashion blogging. <laughs> so I was I was kind of like in my little modeling because I, I have a background in modeling. I would do all these little photo shoots with my sister and we had our own fashion blog. And that ended up being where the disorder came out because you're trying to like look a certain way and be perfect. And we're trying to break into the fashion world. And um that was kind of our form of Instagram. There was also some really triggering chat rooms and um, boards online, message boards. And so I would scavenge those and those, that was so bad. That was not okay. So much time wasted doing so many like non-beneficial things for ourselves, right? Yeah. yeah. And yeah. then when you're in the modeling world, people talk about your body on these messaging boards. Like they were savage message boards and I think they're banned now but it was really really a toxic place oh my goodness well thank gosh they are banned I really hope they are (laughs) they definitely lost their fire I mean yeah yeah they definitely aren't like how they were before thank goodness so okay so we have a lot of great tools for our ladies to work with and I should say I keep saying ladies just because basically all of our listeners are female (laughs) but these are really great takeaways for men who are also going through eating disorders as well Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So I do want to ask you something specific related to, you know, keeping your motivation throughout recovery. And this question just came to mind because I actually do get it often. And it comes from women who are either dating someone or married to someone and that someone, you know, they don't really eat well, like good meals. Maybe they're very sporadic with their meals. I know for me, my boyfriend, he wakes up and doesn't eat until five o'clock PM. Right. And that's just how his body works. Whereas me, I literally need to wake up right when, or I need to eat right when I wake up and my feet hit the floor. Like I'm like going to the fridge, making my breakfast. And I'm okay with that, but I can understand why so many women would kind of get burnt out and feel a little like they need more motivation in situations like that, right? So do you have any tips for the ladies in that situation? Yes. You know, it's really funny because comparison can be so hard 
um, throughout recovery, especially comparing how much I'm eating versus how much this person is eating. And you really have to detach from comparing yourself to those people. So you have to say to yourself, there has to be some mental coaching around it. You can't just match that person. You have to remind yourself, I have a body that has totally different needs than that person does. And I currently am in recovery, which means I have different body goals than that person does. Because often people will be reaching fitness goals or kind of having these looks based goals and as someone in recovery you have to recognize that's not me my goal is to restore my weight my goal is to heal my relationship with food my goal is to eat more food than I need so my body can replenish itself and um, that is the mindset you have to take on my significant other he trains for triathlons and if I wasn't so strong in this place I could see how that would be really triggering because he's constantly on his bike. He's constantly running. Here I am in coronavirus, like chilling on the couch, like, well, going on a walk and that's pretty much it. And so you just have to recognize that people are going to have their own set of goals and needs. And I wish there was more tangible um, tools I can give you, but that self-coaching is so important. No, I think, I mean, I feel like it's so easy and I find myself doing this too, Meg, like sharing what, you know, sharing a suggestion or sharing what worked for me. And it sounds like so small, like it sounds, you know, what you're saying is like, okay, you got to like coach yourself through that and connect with your goals. Right. But as you were saying that, I'm like, yeah, that was one of the biggest things for me because we can have this goal of overcoming an eating disorder and, you know, reaching recovery or like experiencing full recovery and then have those goals. But a lot of the time, our actions aren't actually aligned with those goals, right? And I actually went through hypothalamic amenorrhea recovery recently-ish, and I'm approaching like one year of actually having my period back for a whole year. Yay, but um, big deal. But throughout, you know, my HA recovery period, I often had to remind myself of what is the goal here? You know, if I wasn't hungry for like all those calories that I needed to eat, was the goal listening to my body? Was the goal paying or like, you know, abiding to my hunger cues? No, that wasn't the goal. The goal was to eat in surplus and get my period back. So knowing your goal is so powerful, even though that doesn't sound like super you know, do this. Like, it's not like a book you can hand someone to read or whatever, but sometimes like that's, that's not the thing that's going to help you. It is that mental coaching that, I mean, that's what I'm all about. Right. And yeah. But I've been wanting to tell you this too, because I've listened to a few of your episodes. I lost my period for all of high school, pretty much. Um, I didn't get it till I was 20 I would say so a few years there and um 
my biggest motivation. So if we're talking about step one, which is vision and getting that, the first thing that really made me decide to recover was knowing I want to have children one day. Mm-hmm. And that was the decision maker. I really leaned into that because I wasn't getting my periods. And I was like, this is a huge red flag, like blaring red, flaming red flag. Huge red flag. I need to stop screwing with my body and get my period back so I can have children one day. And I've always wanted to be a mom. I'm not a mom right now. But the thing is, I think my kids are so badass because they saved me from an eating disorder and they haven't even been born yet. How cool is that? Like, Uh, that is something that I wanted to share with you because I know. Yeah, I love that so much, honestly. And I know not everyone wants children, right? But you have to have like a vision for yourself. And I love that like your unborn children saved you from an eating disorder. That's really, really powerful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I have a few clients too who, and this happens without me telling or asking them to do it. I'll say, why do you want to recover? And they will come up with their future child's name. Wow. And then I've had this a few times. This is not something I task them with. They just say, oh, and my future child, I've picked out their name. It's so-and-so. And then we say, that is kind of your mantra. For, say, say you want to name your kid Samantha. You just go, for Samantha. That's my mantra for, for getting through this. I'm going to put her name all over my bathroom and, and or maybe put her name as a reminder on my phone and I don't know. It's kind of cool yeah. when you really lean into those little details. Yeah. Push yeah. And lean so heavily on like all the stuff you can do with your mind because the mind is so incredibly powerful. And, you know, if you're not doing all, I mean, we all know that eating disorders are a mental illness. So obviously your recovery has to be really heavily like um, tied to all of these mental and mindset practices. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I completely agree. It's boot camp. <laughs> yeah, it's not just eat the food and, you know, everything's good. Yeah, the food is only part of it. And that's one thing people need to recognize is you can restore the weight, but you're not going to be fully recovered until the mind stuff really gets in back into some healthy groove. Mm-hmm. Know? Yeah, definitely. My gosh, I could keep chatting with you forever. <laughs> Honestly, you'll be back, Meg, for sure. Yay, you'll be back. I'm good. I'm so pumped because I have had so much fun talking to you. Yeah, like I said, we could just keep going. There's so much to talk about in regards to staying motivated throughout recovery, though. But I'm glad we were able to, you know, um, weave in some personal stories and things like that. But I do have a few more things that I want to talk to you about before we wrap up the show. So the last question that I ask all of my guests is what does it mean to you to be unbreakable? Wow. Okay. Unbreakable. <sighs> I am imagining an unwavering calm. So for me, unbreakable is being able to remain 
and remain in a calm state and remain in a state where you are mindful of that. And, you know, I'm, I'm imagining like rough waters and just allowing them to kind of mellow out and just ride the waves instead. And so it, that's kind of what I picture when you say, what can you, you know, what does it mean to be unbreakable? It's really just being able to manage your emotions, being able to ride the wave. And also, if you feel that you are going, you know, you feel broken, just remember you are never broken until you admit to it (laughs) and until you stop So in recovery, I always say recovery is always possible until you stop recovering. You know, recovery is possible as long as you keep going. It will always be possible. So in recovery, that unbreakable feeling really comes with that resiliency of just keep going. You messed up today. Who cares? That's fine. You have tomorrow. Don't let your mistakes really determine whether or not you can recover it's just a matter of keep going don't stop and mm-hmm. so yeah and that answer. really ties back to what we were talking about today and just being consistent and staying motivated along the journey yeah I love that because I did not plan that but it totally does <laughs> right into what we were talking about today yeah and, you know I do want to emphasize to everyone when it comes to motivation, the key factor is that self-compassion and self-forgiveness and just really leaning into that that side of you that's kind to yourself because that is really going to protect you from wanting to quit. Mm-hmm. So instead of beating yourself up, just apologize, like forgive yourself. Tell yourself it's okay. Give yourself a little like, pat on the shoulder or a hug and say it's fine you're you got this keep going and that's really going to prevent you from burning out so that's my last piece on motivation and being unbreakable is that sense of self-compassion I knew I could talk to you for hours and hours (laughs) and once you brought up compassion and forgiveness I was like yep she's my kind of girl um even though I knew that already But Meg, where can everyone connect with you? You're on Instagram. You recently launched your own podcast, right? Oh my gosh. Thank you for asking. So it's very interesting because I'm in a transition of kind of branding. So I used to be Baby Got Back blog, which was my blog. But now that coaching is like a real thing, I've kind of pulled it into my personal brand. So my new website, which is launching probably this week or next is meg-mccabe.com perfect my old website is baby got back blog so you're gonna have two websites up for like a few weeks and then um on instagram i am meg underscore mccabe and you can also find me on the full and thriving podcast on itunes and soundcloud and then i also have a free meal support group every monday called lunch warriors and i definitely recommend if you wanted to stay in touch with me or just talk to me in a group setting join us on mondays for 
a meal. And it could be, you know, depending on where you live, it could be your snack time, it could be your dinner time. You know, we have girls in Europe joining us at eight o'clock over there for them. And um, it's just kind of awesome. So That's so, so great. I love that. We will have everything linked up for our ladies listening and you will definitely be back on this show. I can't wait, Meg. Thank you. Thank you. I am so grateful to be on your show. I can't wait for this episode to come out. And I really do feel like I found a soul sister in you and it's going to be really fun to just see where this friendship goes. Oh, totally. (laughs) Thanks, Meg. (laughs) 